Building Faith Podcast by Chris Reese Ministries is a podcast to bring you biblical solutions to life's tough challenges. For more tools, tips, and teachings, check out our community by going to chrisreese.com. That's K-R-I-S-R-E-E-C-E.com. Well, welcome back, my friend. Today is testimony time. As you know, God has placed it on my heart to help people navigate away from toxic relationships and back towards Him. And I am no stranger to toxic relationships. But the one that was a pivotal turning point in my life was my narcissistic marriage. And my story is one of pain, promise, and purpose. So I'm hoping you'll join me today as we talk about how God delivered me from a narcissistic marriage. And in case we haven't met yet, my name is Chris Reese, and it is my hope to bring you biblical solutions to whatever you're going through. And I believe that we serve the God of the impossible. So if you're not subscribed, and you're being blessed by our time together, would you please hit that subscribe and notification button so we can stay connected? I didn't even realize he was a narcissist until after we were divorced. Talk about feeling like a fool. I felt so embarrassed that it took me so long to be able to put a label on it. But the truth is, it didn't need a label. I knew something was wrong six days after we returned from our honeymoon. As I stood in the kitchen counter, I was opening the mail and I scanned the unusually high cable bill and I saw one pornographic movie after another. Guys, it felt like someone just sucked all of the air out of the room. And he was sitting there and he saw my face. Now, I was never one to cower in fear, so I pounced like a puma and I challenged him. And his response was the beginning of what I knew was going to be a dream turned nightmare. He said, well, since you didn't put out, what did you expect me to do? Wow. You're now making this my fault. Now, don't think for a second that I actually assumed responsibility for this. But I didn't know what to do. I mean, actually, honestly, I thought it was early enough to kind of bail in this And in just a couple months, no one would be none the wiser, but I stayed. I stayed for phase one, to win him over. I was going to be that loving, understanding wife who wins her husband to Christ, even though he said he was a Christian, but more on that later. But two months in, he came to me and said, yeah, you know that whole church thing we've been doing? That's not going to work for me. You can go but I just don't think it's for me anymore. Again, I felt so bamboozled. He fooled me into thinking that he had come to Christ and wanted a Christian marriage. Now, needless to say, the marriage was strained at this point, and I realized that this man was only married in title only. And it started to dawn on me that he was proud to brag to his colleagues about his young wife. There was a significant age difference, but he lived his life like he was a bachelor. And at the beginning of our marriage, he said that he would like to wait three years before we had kids. Now, fast forward three years, he came back to me and said, I never said that. I said that after three years, we could talk about it and see if that's what we wanted. And I've thought about it, and I just don't think it's something that we want. Swindled for the last time, my friend. 
Look, I may not have known that he was a narcissist, but there was no doubt that he was a lying, self-centered, egotistical control freak that was using me for everything I had. So phase two, God, get me out of here. Love, I got to be honest with you, it was not driving this ship anymore. I got to confess, I know I'm probably going to get judgment for this. I hated him. I hated who he was. I hated what he had done to all of my dreams. And worst of all, I hated that that beautiful Christian marriage that I so longed for turned out to be a scam. There was nothing Christian going on, and there was certainly no marriage here. And once he knew that I was onto him, it went from bad to worse. And there was no way I was staying in that toxic house with that lying manipulator. I'm out of here. God, I love you, but I am not staying here another minute. Do what you got to do. I'm not staying. That was my attitude. And at the time I was in counseling because, again, I confess, I was a wreck. And the counselor I was working with, she calmed me down and she said to me, are you willing to trust God? And of course, my my head said yes, and my heart was like, eh, I don't know. (laughs) And she said this to me. She says, he will either change him or deliver you, but you need to hang tight. Look, I was definitely praying that God would change him. But at that point, the thought of him delivering me never occurred to me. I was always the type that had to kind of take the bull by the horns. I always had to do something about my situation. And there are times where that is applicable, but I always left God out of the equation. I just assumed it was my responsibility. And I was at this pivotal point where I wanted to trust God. I wanted to leave the outcome up to him, but I was so in the habit of doing things myself. But when she said that to me, a sudden peace came over me knowing that it now wasn't my responsibility to change him. And I wasn't going to be trapped. I knew that I could trust God to be God. So phase three, God, I'll trust you. I had had more impulsive, take the bull by the horn types of decisions in my life than I care to admit. And there was this little voice inside of me that kept saying, trust me trust me. But my flesh, my friend, it had its running shoes on. And I knew my decision in that moment was going to be pivotal in my walk with God. Am I going to keep doing things my way or am I going to follow him? And even though I had no idea what this was going to look like, I chose to trust him. And after that, my focus shifted. I won't lie, My prayer was more for deliverance. God, get me out of here than it was for, oh, God, change his heart. (laughs) But the more I trusted God with whatever the outcome would be, the more I grew in maturity. And I spent so much time with God. I mean, at this point in my marriage, I was so lonely. But my time with God, it was so glorious. And I even reached a point where I prayed, God, if delivering me from this means that I lose this connection with you, then keep me right where I am. That's how sweet the connection was with him. And if it took that situation to bring me closer to God, that's fine with me, Lord. 
And then one day, I had a clear blue sky. God showed me what this man had been doing with his time and money. And this was my out. And many Christians may say, well, as a Christian woman, you still should have stayed. You see, a loving wife would have loved him through his indiscretions. (laughs) Judge all you want. I left. I was biblically released, and this man had zero interest in assuming any responsibility for a healthy, much less godly relationship. I never looked back. I never regretted it, not for one second. But here's what I did regret. Everything that led up to it. You see, it's easy to be the victim in those situations. And in many ways, I was. But let me be completely transparent here. I stepped out of God's will when I married this man. I may not have known that he was a full-blown covert narcissist, but I did know that I shouldn't have married him. I had friends asking if I prayed over this, and like that was their gentle way of showing me the red flags. I didn't listen. And man, do I wish I had at least one of them that would have smacked me in the head, because that's how stubborn I was, and said, what on earth are you doing? But the truth is, I really don't know that I would have listened to that either. I might. I might not. The truth is, I didn't lie. I did pray. But my prayer was more like, oh God, please let me marry him. Oh God, please stop me if he's not the one. And then I'd put on the fastest running shoes possible and not give God a chance to catch me. And then while I was running, I'd turn my receiver off. So in my mind, I checked that prayer box, but I truly didn't want to hear if God had something to say other than what I wanted to hear. You see, this man was a bit older than me. And I was so tired of dating guys my age who were still finding themselves. I had just come off of dating someone who actually turned down a full-time job because he didn't want to waste his summer. Really? Meanwhile, I was paying for things, trying to get him on a budget to get him out of debt. So done with that. So. When Mr. Covert Narcissist shows up with his business and his goals and his aspirations and what seems like a mature outlook on life, there was no prayer in heaven that was going to stop me. I was moving forward no matter what. And maybe now you can see why I was done with doing things my way. And one of the questions that I get asked often is, well, how long did it take for God to deliver you? And the answer, from the first cable bill to the filing of the divorce papers, it was nine years. And here's what I always get in return. I'm not waiting nine years. I just can't. And I get it. But it's in this moment that you have a choice. Am I going to do things my way or God's way? You see, you can't say that you're submitted to God and still calling all the shots. But you also now can't blame God or anyone else if you decide to go all Rambo. (laughs) And here's what I hope that you glean from my story. Number one, God delivers. There is no place too far or too deep that God can't reach you. Number two, 
God heals. There is no broken place that God can't reach. And there's no wound that he can't heal. And number three, <laughs> sorry, God restores. He will take what the enemy meant for your harm, and he's going to use it for your good and for his glory. And I'm actually here now because of what I've been through. Yes, God will deliver. He will heal and he will restore. Even if, like me, it was your own wrongdoing. And all you simply need to do is repent, submit, and trust his timing. Get out of your head what you think God should do and just trust him. And your situation is likely different than mine. And I couldn't even begin to say how God will move or when God will move. But I know that he will move if you will just trust him. If you're interested in learning the seven signs of a covert narcissist, be sure to check out this episode right here. And make sure that you grab a copy of our free Toxic People Survival Guide. My friend, this is my free gift to you. I created this to be able to help you identify and deal with all the difficult people in your life. I will go ahead and include a link in the description section below. Thank you for listening to the Building Faith Podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more resources mentioned in this podcast, go to chrisreese.com. While you're there, help us keep the Building Faith Podcast on the air by becoming a monthly supporter or by making a one-time donation. Well, my friend, until next time, remember, all things are possible with God.